you. We are wrapping up our series that we've been on for four weeks now, Dysfunction Junction, and understanding we all have dysfunction. We're in relationships with our spouses and family and our coworkers and classmates, and when we're with other people, there's just a lot of brokenness and dysfunction that takes place. But this morning as we wrap up, I titled this message, Dis the Smack Talk. So turn to your neighbor and say, watch your mouth. <laughs> turn to someone else and say, you better watch your mouth. Hey, before we jump in, I know Pastor Brandon just prayed for us, but because I love Jesus too, um, I'm going to pray for us as we enter in this time. God, we just want to hear from you. We just pray that, I want to pray for myself right now in the midst of all this, that I'm just your messenger, your words spoken through me. It's not my words, these are your words. May it penetrate our hearts May it challenge us where we need to be challenged. Help us to just take that one step closer to looking like your son, Jesus Christ, as we hear your word. Would you just soften our hearts now? And where we got to be convicted, God, I pray that we receive that with a soft heart, with a heart of surrendering. Say, you're right, God, I need to change that in my life. We pray for healing. We pray for your words just to fall fresh on us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Words have power. In fact, the marketing and advertising arena have understood the idea of words having power to us. They have impact. And in fact, they're so smart, they came up with the top five words that influence us if they use it in any advertisement or marketing material. Here are the top five most powerful words used in this arena. Number five is this word new. If it says new, you and I are more apt to buy it just because new is on the package. Now, I'm not a big fan of Starburst, but I, I will truthfully admit I would actually go out and buy it because I want to try these super fruit flavors. Any of you already tried this before? No one. We're going to wreck havoc on all gas stations after church. <laughs> all right. New. One of the most powerful words used in marketing. Just the word new. It causes us to want to go out and buy. Here's the fourth top word used in marketing is the word instantly. Instantly. We live in that world of instant gratification. We need it now. And this is a Facebook ad, and it said, 17 simple tricks to instantly look more gorgeous, gorgeous in photos. Right? It's, and it has a lot of clicks. And do you think I clicked on it? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I want to know why some of you were like, yes, yes, you did. Well, I did, and because uh, now you're curious. It used the word instantly. I want to know how to look better, right? And uh, here's just freebies for you. You got you to gotta look at the camera on an angle, okay? Not straight on. Your shoulders tilt so you don't look as wide or whatever. So look there. If you're going to caress your face, don't put fingers on your face. Like, caress it like this, okay? Get the fingers out of the way. Kneel if you can. Kneeling's always good. It shortens you and everything, all right? Hey, freebies for you. Now you guys don't have to click on it. I gave it to you. 
okay? But instantly, if it's there, there's something that draws us to the product. The third word is because. L'Oreal Paris, their slogan is, because you're worth it. They give you the why to their product. Why should I buy this product? Because you're worth it. It's because. The second most used word that will influence us because words have power is this word free, right? It doesn't matter if it says buy one, we just see free, right? And we go after it. It doesn't matter. And I love this advertisement because it says one scoop waffle cone, but it's advertising two scoops on it. Okay. But it says free, we're going to be there because words have power to them. The number one word that researchers have said marketers use a lot and influence us the most is this word you or your. Ownership. Burger King's slogan, have it your way. Visa, everywhere you want to be. And M&M's melts in your mouth, not in your hands, which is a lie. (laughs) You ever have a two-year-old holding M&M's? They melt everywhere. I don't know where they get that from, but it's a complete fabrication. But words have power. Words have impact. Words can influence us. In fact, you have heard probably the old age saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but... And just because first graders are on the playground saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, doesn't mean it's true. In fact, I think the real statement should say, Sticks and stones can bruise your body for a few days, but words can scar your soul for life. Because words can have power, but words can be so devastating to us. It's the biggest lie that kids say on the playground. Because some of us in this moment right now, we're recalling those words spoken to us. We know exactly what it's like to have words that are scarring our souls. In fact, our bodies may be unharmed from words, but we know the pain, and all we're doing is replaying and reliving that word that was spoken to us. It's years ago. We're still just have that rewind button deep down in our souls, re-remembered because words scar. And in fact, the writer of Psalms understands the power and devastation of words. He says in Psalm 64, 3, they sharpen their tongues like swords and aim cruel words like what, friends? In other words, not only are words great and influential, yeah, but they are deadly arrows that can pierce your soul. For some of us, we know those words. Some of us, those words are spoken as early as yesterday to us. For others, they were 20, 30 years ago. Words like, you're worthless. Why can't you be like more like your brother or your sister? I never loved you anyways. 
You're a failure. I wish I never had you. Because words pierce our souls. And we sit here and go, I never deserved it. But in the middle of the dysfunction that was happening in a relationship, words were just sent out like deadly arrows. In fact, the writer of Proverbs, who Solomon wrote most of Proverbs, King Solomon, the wisest king, had his heart towards God, but ended up turning absolutely evil and did things absolutely that was counterintuitive to what God wanted him to do as king, as the third king of Israel. He writes this in Proverbs 12, 18. The words of the reckless, what do they do? They pierce like swords. They don't just bounce. They don't just go in one ear and out the other. No, the words of the reckless pierce like swords. But Solomon writes a rebuttal. But the tongue of the wise brings what? Healing. Maybe some of us, we've been on both sides of this verse. We know what it's like to have those words pierced like swords, but we also know what it's like to bring healing to someone because of the words we spoke. Solomon's not done. He goes on in chapter 15. He writes this, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue, what are these three words? Crushes the spirit. This word here in the Hebrew, the word crush is shaver. Let me hear you say shaver. It's this idea of such a powerful word here that he writes in Hebrew. It's this word of destruction and of shattering and breaking. There's a big emphasis, and we know that, yes, as reckless words are piercing our hearts, these words from perverse tongues, they destroy our souls. It's like getting, shattering our souls like glass. And we've been here before. And sometimes out of our own brokenness and out of our own dysfunction, we'll take the shards because of our own souls are wounded from people's words and we'll take the shrapnel and what we'll do with the broken glasses, we'll take the sharpest pieces and begin to throw them back at people, piercing their souls, wrecking havoc and destruction on their soul, creating a cancerous message inside of them that says you aren't as good as what you think you are. And we know what it's like to have these pierce us. And we know what it's like to throw these at other people. It's shiver. It's the crushing or the shattering or the destruction of your spirit. But I love what Solomon writes. But he says, we don't have to always have that perverse tongue. There's another tongue. The soothing tongue. And what is the soothing tongue? It's a tree of what? Ha. Ha. It's a tree. 
okay, this is not a tree, but <laughs> life, marpar, it's the Hebrew. It means life, healing, and a cure. So you and I have two options with our words. We can throw the shavirs out and pierce people with what the wreckage and damage of our words and crush their souls, or we can choose to bring life to people with our words. If I was to sum up these three short verses that we looked at in Psalms and the two Proverbs, it would be this, that godly words can revive, heal, and change lives. And some of you know this. You've had coaches speak words into your life that give you more life. That thought you were no good and the coach puts you in and says, you are great, go be yourself. We know what godly words can do to revive, and we know what it's like to live like this and allow us, as we, as we speak words to other people, to allow them to just flourish. It's one of the loving things that I absolutely love about coaching. I love coaching, and some of our staff here, Josh and Jeff's over here, and I don't, I don't know, Dave, oh, hi, Lori. Uh, Dave, one of the things I love about our coaching staff in the eighth grade football is we're a bunch of Jesus followers, Speaking words of life that can revive, heal, and change lives. I love that. I love that we can be that influence. Where in your sphere of influence are you speaking godly words to people? But on the flip side, is that ungodly words have the power to bind, imprison, and destroy. Sometimes it's so hard, isn't it? Because when we're in dysfunction, when we're in the middle of relationship dysfunction, whether it's in the home or in the workplace or at school, when we're in the middle of it, sometimes my spirit always doesn't want to respond godly. Remember, if you were here last week, we talked about the spirit and flesh, and you've got two sides, and the spirit wants, or the flesh of you wants to do one thing, and it's counterintuitive to what the spirit wants to do. And you have a war within you that's battling, and sometimes that battles out in our words spoken to each other. Words have power, words have influence, words of confidence, words that lift spirits and bring life and healing and can put a person on a different trajectory in life because you allowed Jesus to speak through you. Every meeting I go in with someone, I always pray when they're speaking, and yes, I am listening to you, but I'm praying at the same time. I'm praying, God, give me the wisdom to say the right words. I don't want to say my words because I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. God, I want your words because I know your words can revive, heal, and change lives. Because your word says your word is living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. This is where his word is life transformation. Man, where do your words bring destruction? Does it paralyze? Does it shatter? Does it cause dysfunction within your own dysfunction? Does it cause havoc? Does it cause pain? Does it crush the spirit? Another, see, that's why you don't crush spirits, because you can cut yourself too. Proverbs, another Proverbs, great. Hey, if you need a devotion, 
jump into Proverbs. Start on the first of the month. It's 31 chapters long. You can do a chapter a day. It's not long, and it's all about wisdom. Good stuff. But look what Solomon's not done. He's got a ton of things to say about our tongue. He says this in Proverbs 12, 18. The tongue has the power of what, friends? Of life and what? Death. My question for us as we wrap up our dysfunction series is that we're all dysfunctional. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're dysfunctional. Some of you emphasize you a little too hard there. But I want to ask you a question in the midst of the dysfunction. And the question is this. What words are you speaking? What words are you speaking? If everything flows from our hearts, and the writers have said, as we looked last week, above all else, guard your heart. What are your words speaking? Because broken and hurting people hurt people. If you're hurting, your words are going to come out hurting other people. But if you've been changed by Jesus Christ and truly transformed, you allow your words to bring life to other people. What are your words speaking? Are they speaking destruction and death or are they bringing revival and life to people? It's not just within our families and with kids and grandkids. It's not just with our coworkers and bosses or our classmates or teammates. It's not just there. But what you say about the bride of Jesus Christ, the church has an impact whether people will fall in love with Jesus. You could be the only Jesus they have ever seen. And your words matter. Not just what you say about radiant life, but what you say about the bride of Christ, his church as a whole. It's about his kingdom. It's not about the kingdom of radiant life. It's not about that. It's about Jesus Christ and God's kingdom here on earth. What are your words speaking to people? And I realize it's difficult. Because we all got a little dysfunction. But we don't have to allow the dysfunction to dictate the words spoken. The team's going to lead us in a song, and I want you to just sit, and the lights are going to dim down and everything for you. The song's called More Heart, Less Attack. And I pray that this song would just minister to your heart of where you are this morning. Because some of us, we're just talking smack to people, crushing their spirit at this time. Godly words can revive, heal, and change lives. Ungodly words have the power to bind, imprison, and destroy. In the biblical times, in the Older Testament, the use of honey or honeycomb was mentioned several times. More in the Older Testament than the Newer Testament, but you look and study and understand what honey represents, what a honeycomb is. In the biblical times, it's referenced as something of delight. There's this sweetness, there's delighting in it, and it's known to have these healing properties in the ancient world. That's what they believed in. 
So scripture, many of the writers used honeycomb in relationship to different things in our lives. In one, the writer of Proverbs in chapter 16, verse 24, he mentions the honeycomb. The sweetness, the delightness, the healing of a honeycomb. And he says this, Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and what, friends? Healing to the bones. Our words make a difference. Some of you this morning, you're still reliving those words spoken to you several, several years ago. And you've lived into those words. Can I tell you, Jesus has greater words spoken over you than the words that you believed from someone? That you're loved, that you're cherished and adored, that in Jesus Christ you are victorious. What would it look like if we spoke words of love and life instead of words of destruction? What would it look like if our words were sweet to people's souls? What would happen in marriages and families? What would happen with our coworkers who says, do you really follow that Jesus Christ? Yes, I do. And my words reflect that they're sweet to your soul and brings healing when you need healing. For some of us, it's finally time to diss the smack talk and start building each other up. And you may not be able to change someone. The only person you can change is you. It starts with you. It starts in your home. It starts right here with your heart. You're not a master to your words that you say. You're a servant to the words that you say. So I want to pray for us this morning. I want to pray that our words, that we live into this, that our words are sweet to the soul and healing to the bones, even in the midst of our dysfunction, that we can still use God, God, to speak through me. Speak through me in the midst, because I want to scream right now. I want to diss out some smack talk to this person. They deserve it. And oftentimes I think Jesus says, yeah, I know they deserve it, but I went to the cross so they can be set free. And I feel like sometimes you're like, okay, good point, God, good point. Got to grow a little bit. But let me pray over us this morning as we wrap up our Dysfunction Junction series that our words are sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Jesus, it starts with each and every one of us. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just reveal things to us where we are speaking death and destruction and not life. I just want to give everyone a moment right now to just confess those things over to God. Ask for his forgiveness and his healing in your own life. God, my desire above everything in this world right now is that I speak words that heal 
and revive and change lives. I pray words that I speak, God. I just imagine you as my heavenly father looking down with a big smile on your face. And I know there's times that I have not been the most, used the most godly words before. To my wife, to my kids, to others. God, I'm sorry for that. I do pray deep down in my soul that we become a church that uses godly words that doesn't look at people and say, you're worthless. But that we live into people's potentials as you created. People were created on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. And we have the power of our words to change their trajectory. God, I pray that you would give us your words spoken. Not our flesh words that want to cry out and scream in anger, but that you would give us self-control. You would really look down and say, way to be like my son, Jesus. I just want to hug you and give you a high five. We thank you so much. May our words that come out of our mouth, the same words that we worship you with, May they be sweet to the soul and bring healing to the bones. And we ask this in Jesus' powerful, awesome name. Amen. Amen. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings this morning. A church family, you know what to do. Throw the cards in the plates. If you're visiting us this morning, take that little connection card at the bottom of the handout. Head to our cafe, free drinks for you and your family. Uh, we even have a little gift bag to show our appreciation. Church, thanks for being a God first church. Uh, we forgot to update our board in the back. It says 347, but this week it's 348. Yeah. Yeah. God is so good. A person came from death to life this week, and man, we celebrate that. And it's because of you, church, because of your faithful giving, we're able to minister to people and help them go from death to life. So praise God, praise Jesus. I want to pray for our offering. Oh, Jesus, you are so awesome, and we praise you and thank you for life transformation. Lives are being radically changed because of your message from this place. And even just going into dysfunction junction and just all the messiness that can happen in life. Lord, help us to understand that you are able to go into those messes and to make those things right. And Lord, as we even sing this song, that you are able, help us to understand it on a whole new level this morning. As we sing these words, Jesus, we ask for wisdom and discernment for this offering. May we continue to transform lives for your kingdom and for your sake. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.